Our government now says it backs a halt to Israel's military actions in Gaza. Joining us now is opposition leader Chris Hipkins. Uh, kia ora, good morning. Kia ora, good morning. We, we're hearing then, uh, we don't know exactly when this uh, ground invasion in Rafah is going to happen. Is Israel abiding by its legal and moral obligations? Well, I certainly think there are legitimate questions there. I mean, ultimately, as I've said all along, those are there are appropriate international bodies who will make that judgment, and I'm, I'm not going to do that. But I certainly think um, Israel's actions are being uh, legitimately questioned at the moment. I'll let you clear your throat. <laughs> clear your throat. Um, what about our government's reactions? Um, we know that Winston Peters has met with the Israeli uh, representatives this week. Uh, is our government doing enough? Uh, I think that the government is taking a stronger line now, and I think that that's a welcome thing. I think it is appropriate for the foreign minister to be meeting with diplomats from around the world, and I think a meeting with the Israeli ambassador is certainly an appropriate thing to do. Uh, I don't know what the message was that um, Winston Peters imparted to him, but if it is consistent with their public statements, uh, I think that that's a, a you know potentially a very positive thing. Okay, so in agreement there. Not so much as we move on to uh, Three Waters, uh, your minister there saying that, well, mayors are going to be voted out over uh, with the fallout from Three Waters and, and the new government's replacement legislation. Well, I think the, the real challenge now for local authorities and local councils is they've got to figure out how to pay for uh, something which they simply don't have the capacity to pay for. We know that our water infrastructure requires billions and billions of dollars of investment in the coming years. Um, and ultimately what the current government have said is ratepayers can just stump up the bill for that. They're, they're not going to do anything to make that cheaper or more efficient. Um, and ultimately ratepayers are going to pay that through their rates. And it's the smallest councils uh, around the country and often the rural and provincial councils who are actually going to find uh, they're really hard and who are going to face the biggest rates increases. Okay, well, the government says it does have a plan. I'll get to that in a moment. But first of all, with with the mayors, I mean, the minister says they're simply delivering what councils uh, lobbied for very <laughs> firmly uh, and what they campaigned on. So they knew what they were getting into, didn't they? Well, I think the mayors um, who were speaking yesterday said that ultimately what's going to happen now is that the upgrade of water infrastructure is going to take longer and it's going to cost more. Um, I agree with that assessment. Uh, ultimately, it is going to take longer and it is going to cost more and it's the ratepayers who are going to pay the bill. But they knew that. You had, a, you had an alternative plan and they rejected that. Yeah, and ultimately they haven't come up with an alternative. They said they were going to repeal and replace it. They're doing the repeal part, but the replacement they still haven't identified. So basically they're saying, we don't like where you were building the house. We're going to tear that house down and we're going to build another one. But we haven't got a plan for that yet. Do you think those mayors and councils uh, that fought so hard against Three Waters will be regretting that decision? Well, ultimately it leaves councils, what the current government are doing leaves councils carrying the can now. And we know that the water infrastructure that we've got is just not fit for purpose. It's not up to scratch. And, uh, you know, ultimately councils are now going to end up having to figure out what to do about that. Why were you not able to sell your plan then if it was so much better? Ultimately, we need a more efficient way of managing our water infrastructure. We need more scale to it. Yeah, no, no, no one's disputing that. But you had a plan and it was resoundingly rejected by the electorate. Why was that? Well, no, 
Well, nobody voted specifically on water when they voted at the last election, so I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, accept that. Certainly, think there was a very vocal group of people who were uh, using it as a as a race card wedge um, in order to drive drive a division between New Zealanders. But that issue hasn't gone away. So our plan um, involved it recognises the court's ruling about Maori interested water. Um, now with their new plan, the current government are going to have to grapple with how they're going to do that um, under the new model that they're coming up with. They're saying you wasted a billion dollars um, on your version of uh, water infrastructure. What do you say to that? Well, it's just nonsense. So if you look at where that money's gone, over half, uh, over half a billion dollars is ring-fenced to go to councils to upgrade water infrastructure. Uh, around, around another 200 and something million dollars went to councils to upgrade other critical infrastructure. Um, and then the balance of that funding went on setting up the new water entities um, to have the capability to do the work that's going to be required. One way or the other, we're going to have to build that capability. There's a huge amount of work that's mm. going to be required and, and we're going to have to pay for that. When you talk about that better off funding, that 200 million, that went to councils as a sweetener it's been described uh, to get them on board with uh, handing over the pipes, they're still going to have the pipes now and they've also got a couple of uh, hundred million dollars. So they're better off, aren't they? Well, that's really a question for the current government. I mean, ultimately, we we effectively provided some compensation to the councils when we took the pipes away. We changed the law and we did that. The current government are basically giving them back uh, the pipes. Uh, really, the question for them is, well, you know, <laughs> Why are you doing that when when they've already effectively been given the compensation? For it? And where did that compensation go? Do you know? Um, when councils had to, there was a process councils had to go through to identify how they were going to spend it. So if you look at my own area in Lower Hutt, for example, it's gone on um, reinforcing land that was subsiding, that was slipping away because of the extreme weather that we've been happening. Across the country, you'll find councils spending that money often on other pretty critical infrastructure. Just finally, uh, police comms, the uh, 111 call system, we've been hearing about how crucial communication is in terms of the cyclone, but also in terms of emergency services generally. Uh, you'll be aware RNZ has documents showing that the uh, the ageing 111 call system uh, was putting lives at risk. That information was put to your government. Why didn't you fix it? In the last budget round, we, we considered two um, competing, if you like, proposals. One was to upgrade the emergency services radio system, the, the mobile communications that they use. So that's police, fire and emergency and ambulance. We made the decision to go with that one, to upgrade that one with the funding that we had available. And we deferred consideration of the 111 system until this year's budget. So the current government will have to make decisions on that. We couldn't afford to fund both of them at the same time. So you made the decision to leave a 111 call that had been deemed as putting lives at risk? Well, the advice that we had, if you read it in its totality, was that the 111 system that we've got now is is supported through to the end of next year. Um, The more critical system that we really needed to do something about was um, the radio network that police, fire and emergency and ambulance use. If you look at the cyclone, which we were, you know, right, we were right in the thick of responding to the cyclone when we were doing the last budget round. It was pretty critical that we improved their ability to communicate. Emergency services and those kind of events need to be able to talk to each other, even when the power's out, even when the cell phones are down. Mm. Um, and so we've got, we, we, you know, that was a critical investment. It's, it was the more expensive of the two projects, um, and we funded that one because we know how critical that is. Appreciate your time this morning. That was uh, Opposition Leader Chris Hipkins.